Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. As humble as the Lord Jesus' birth in Bethlehem was, His Heavenly Father would not allow it to go unnoticed. He had a birth announcement of His own. Today on Drawing Near, we examine the who and the how of that announcement. I encourage you to take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 2 as we study a startling announcement. As we prepare for today's study, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the great blessing to call you Father, and that blessing would not be ours except for your grace and mercy extended to us through the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. By coming into this world, he was able to become our perfect sacrifice, dying on the cross, paying for our sin, and enabling us through faith in him to become your children. We thank you for Jesus Christ, your firstborn, but we also thank you that we too are adopted into your family through faith in Christ. Father, open our eyes to the truths of your word. Guide us in our study today. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Today, let's begin reading in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. I love the visual image that Luke gives us in verse 8. With just a little imagination and some time, we can conjure up in our minds the image of the shepherds staying out in their fields, watching over their flock at nighttime. And I guess because I'm a pastor, and pastors are referred to as shepherds of the flock, I've always been drawn to the shepherd image. So we can see here that there were shepherds, not just one, but multiple shepherds. So they were either watching a large flock or watching over several flocks that had come together for safekeeping at night. They weren't just sitting by a campfire and relaxing. They were working, because at nighttime the sheep were in the greatest danger from predators. And so they're keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, there wasn't any electricity. There wasn't any other light other than the stars and the moon, whatever God was providing. And so it was dark. Maybe they had a campfire. Maybe the fire was glowing with embers. But either way, there was not much light at least not light the way we might think of it. And we're told in verse 9, And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine watching for predators, keeping watch over your flock? It's dark, it's quiet, and all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears before you. I cannot begin to comprehend how startling that would be. And we're told accompanying the angel the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. Maybe the end of verse 9 is the greatest understatement in the book of Luke. They were terribly frightened. I imagine they were ready to run for the hills. It wasn't a lion. It wasn't a bear. It wasn't some kind of thief or predator. But the angel of the Lord stood before them. Just the presence of an angel in the book of Revelation before John 
caused John to fall at the angel's feet in fear. So just the presence, not just the startling image of someone showing up, but the presence of an angel and the glory of the Lord, not just light, not just glory, but the glory of the Lord, the Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But in verse 10, we're told, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I wonder if we could take just a moment and just pause in our thinking and imagine how many times people were confronted by an angel or by something from the Lord, and they were told, do not be afraid. Jesus told his disciples several times not to be afraid. Angels have said, do not be afraid. Again, the book of Revelation, John is told over and over again not to be afraid. Fear is our natural tendency toward those supernatural things that we don't understand when we're confronted by them. And yet God does not want us to be afraid. Did you hear that? God does not want us to be afraid. Rather, he wants us to have faith. And so he says, do not be afraid. For behold, look, I bring you good news of great joy. I have good news for you. I have a gospel message. I have a euangelion of great joy. What he was getting ready to share with these shepherds, these lowly shepherds who were out in the field with their flock, he was getting ready to tell them an angel from the Lord had come to these shepherds to bring them good news of great joy. The birth of the Lord Jesus Christ is good news. What Jesus came to do for us is good news, and it should result in great joy, not fear, but great joy through faith and understanding of what God desires to do in our lives. And this good news of great joy will be for all the people. Now we need to note, Jesus didn't come just to bring good news of great joy to the Israelites, to the Jewish people or God's chosen people. This good news of great joy will be for all people, Jew and Gentile alike, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord. But also this good news of great joy will be for the high, the kings, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those who are perceived to be the upper echelon of society, and for the lower echelon of society, which the shepherds represented. The shepherds, as I understand it, were the low of the low in Israel. They were the ones who, when they walked into town or whatever, people stepped back. And I don't know if it was because of their occupation or because of their smell in association with sheep, but for whatever reason, they were hirelings and they were on the low rung of the status ladder. So Jesus' coming was good news of great joy to Jew and Gentile, but also to kings and peasants. And what's the good news? Verse 11. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. On the very day of Jesus' birth, in the city of David, Bethlehem, it had already taken place that a Savior was born. Not just Jesus Christ, but a Savior. We need a Savior. We need a Savior because we cannot save ourselves. And what do we need saving from? Our sin. Our sin condemns us before God. But God sent a Savior into the world to bear our sin, 
to die on the cross to pay for our sin so that coming under the blood of Jesus Christ through faith in Jesus, we can be saved. And who is this Savior? He is Christ the Lord. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He is the promised Messiah, but he's also the Lord God. It's his glory that is shining around the angel and the shepherds. And we're told in verse 12 that the angel said, This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. God gave the shepherds a sign, evidence that what the angel was telling them was true. What was the sign? They're going to go to the city of David. That's what they're told to do. You will find a baby. You will go and find a baby. And the baby is wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. The Savior of the world, the Son of God, the Lord, whose glory they were standing in, was a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a feeding trough. How would they know that they were going to find the right baby? Because I guarantee you, there were no other babies in Bethlehem lying in a feeding trough, lying in a stable. Who would have ever thought that these lowly shepherds, in the middle of their work at night, keeping watch over their flock, would be sent to go find the great shepherd? And who would have ever thought that the great shepherd would be found as a baby in Bethlehem, lying in a stable and in a feeding trough? This story is amazing. To consider all of the ramifications, all of the implications, is just mind-boggling. God sent his son into the world, and he sent him in such a lowly, humble way that it's hard to comprehend. And then after sending him, he doesn't send his holy angel to a king, to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He doesn't send his holy emissary to the Caesar in Rome. He sends the angel to shepherds. God loves the lowly, and he uses the lowly for his glory. But he also sent Jesus Christ to die for all those who would be lowly in heart, who would humble themselves and confess their sin and repent and come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I praise the Lord for that, but I also pray that the Lord will help us to be lowly of heart, like the Lord Jesus, like these shepherds. And I pray that God would bring us to the knowledge of the Savior in the same way he brought these shepherds to the knowledge of the Savior. May we serve and worship our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for these words. I thank you for the birth of Christ. But I also thank you for this announcement, this announcement that is so amazing, so startling, not only in its suddenness, but in the way in which you bring it about. And I thank you for the good news of great joy. May we bathe in that good news and experience that great joy today and each day as we follow Christ. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.